This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Grant. Thank you, Bruce. This is going to be a good one. I'm in a great mood today. I already know the contestants in a great mood. Let's get right to the action here. This is 10 questions. You already know this. We're already done with two seasons. Everybody gets 10 questions. They have something to do with their life. If you get it right, you get a point. If you don't, you get zero And everybody here leaves with a score. Before we get to today's very excited contestant, I want to make sure he or she has the proper context for what they're walking into. Let's give them a little taste of some prior contestants. Maybe they'll recognize some of them and what their final score was from zero to 10. Give me a little roll call. Hello, I'm Brett Favre, and I got seven out of 10. Hey, I'm Sarah Chalk, and I got a seven out of 10. Hi, I'm Patton Oswalt, and I got an eight out of 10. I am Scott Stapp. I got a six out of 10 piece and rock on my friends. Beat that. (sighs) What a crew. What a crew. You heard a legendary quarterback. You heard the guy from Creed. You heard a beloved sitcom actress. Let's add to that. My intro music, please. Today's contestants, big, big Tom Petty guy, big Tom Petty guy. You know him, of course. He's done a lot of things. You remember him best of all as the guy who played gut gut in the 1983 physical screwball comedy called Spring Break. He also played a character, I can't make this up. He played a character called Donut Jerk in RoboCop 3, the third one. And he is in this show called The Goldbergs Wednesdays on ABC. He's an old buddy, his name is Jeff Garland. Welcome to 10 Questions. An honor to be here, Kyle. An honor to be anywhere with you. I was just saying off the air how fond I am of you and I have great respect for you. And I love Good Morning Football. I watch it in my trailer at Curb all the time. Uh, and I just can't say enough, and I can't wait to get come back on. But I'm here with you yes. for 10 questions. And by the way, Patton Oswald, yeah. if he got eight, that's my – I'm guessing I'm going to do a six. You're, guess, you're going for six? You no, can't get Oswald? Patton's much more aware of what he's done, and he's much smarter than I am. Patton's much smarter than I am. Patton so was sharp go. as attack on this show. Really, really good. Jeff – Setting his standards a little bit low with the six. But Jeff, here's the thing. I want to know going into this, if you get, you're going to hear some sounds. I'm going to ask you all these weird questions. If you get the answer right, you're going to hear a sound that sounds a lot like this. Oh, good. Okay. 
Oh, that's like a game showy bell. Yes. However, Jeff, in the unlikely situation in which you whiff on a question to get it wrong, I'm sorry to tell you, you have to hear this. That's not bad. That was a good riff. But here's the best part. Yes. If at some point you're totally stumped, and these questions will be strange, you have a lifeline that you can use one time in the 10 questions, Jeff, and your lifeline is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real 26-year-old millennial child in another Zoom window, and you can call him in, and he will help you. His name is Richie, okay? Okay. (laughs) I I love it. Okay. All right. So Jeff is fired up as any contestant we've ever had. Let's light this candle. 10 questions with Jeff Garland. Here we go. Question one. Your first category is 80s sports. 80s sports, okay? Jeff, in Super Bowl twenty. The Bears defeated the Patriots 46 to 10. Yes. Which defensive starter scored a touchdown for the Bears? Oh, so I'm getting this now. It's easy at first. It's William Perry, the refrigerator. He says William Perry without even a shade of doubt. Let's hope it wasn't Mama's Boy Otis Wilson or Wilbur Marshall. Was it William Perry? We got one, Jeff. William Easy. Perry scored in the champion. I mean, not William Perry. Uh, William Marshall scored in the championship game. And wh- I can watch him run slow motion in the snow against the Rams, <laughs> getting an interception and scoring so many times. Oh, it was the best. Eric Dickerson yeah. couldn't get out of the backfield that day. Uh, Jeff, it goes without saying. Born in Chicagoland, huge, huge Bears fan. The yes. people want to know. Season tickets, I guess. Season yeah. tickets. All right, so yeah. perfect. Have you purchased your Andy Dalton jersey yet? Um, actually, I purchased it and donated it to charity. Already? Right off the Yeah, because I know I'm not going to wear it, and I thought someone should be have a nice shirt to wear or a jersey to wear. Jeff, never mind the 80s. We can Bears fans, if they're good at one thing, it's talking a lot about 1985. Yeah. What, you, what is it like for someone who's around the country listening to this who's never from Chicago and ever been there? What do you think? What is it like to be a Chicago Bears fan? It's it's heartbreak as any team you're passionate about. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing I, I want to get across to people that they, you know, every town, like, for example, L.A., they love the Dodgers, you know, whatever. It's a Lakers town. Chicago, in spite of the Bulls, in spite of the Cubs, the White Sox, the Blackhawks, you can put all those together and they're still not as popular as the Bears. Chicago lives and dies by the Chicago Bears. So to be part of something like that, I live and die with it. I do. I remember the last time that I actually felt deep, deep pain was the Fog Bowl versus the Eagles. Sure. Um, Prior to that, the Bears winning and losing would literally just – devastate me or elate me now i'm more even keeled as i've gotten older it still bugs the crap out of me the current situation not happy with but that being said man do i love the bears i do too the football i remember well but more recently jeff how about in the 2018 playoffs bears versus eagles the double doink field goal that didn't send you on the floor no I didn't expect us to be there, number one. Okay. Number two, I thought he was going to doink it. I didn't think he was going to make it. You thought it. he was going to miss? Cody Parkey? Uh, 
Well, at that point, what else would you think? I mean, that was the whole season. And so, look, I am not big on the Bears making the playoffs. I'm big on the Bears going far into the playoffs. And they're not built for anything but a last playoff spot. Mm. You have, Jeff, you have have these decades of fanhood. Is there an all-time Bear, not that you love, is there an all-time bear that just drove you crazy on Sundays that just make you want to pull your hair out? Actually, no. No? How much I love the bears. No. Not even it, Cutler? No. Cutler drove me up the wall, man. No, because I, I needed him to do well, so yeah. I was rooting for him. But yeah, you, no. you already gave the Andy Dalton jersey to Charity. That's gone. You can't get it back. <laughs> well, I suppose I could go back in the store and buy it for a quarter or whatever they're selling it for. But yeah, no, I, by the way, Andy Dalton is a fine quarterback. Yes. But do you want your passion and your favorite team to have a fine quarterback? No, I don't. And so, I mean, he's getting a lot of, uh, uh, guff because people are acting like he stinks. He's going to be good. He's not going to be very good. No. He's going to be good. He will. He's competent, you know, and when he was younger, he was very good, but not. No. What? How do you feel as a, as a diehard old school Bears fan watching yeah. uh, the the national media just swoon over the Packers quarterback hosting Jeopardy? Well, why wouldn't they? He's excellent at it, and he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. You know, good. as a Bears fan, you just have to nod your head and go, "Hey, he's Aaron Rodgers." I know. You know, yeah, he's he, just Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, I hope that he becomes the permanent host of Jeopardy, so he's a little bit distracted. Any, anything helps man anything helps host jeopardy host price is right host them all just don't host an ass kicking of the bears twice a year like you seem to do that he seems to do man wow first contestant ever on this show jeff by the way aaron Rodgers got a six out of ten on this you already have a one out of one so you can catch rogers and we can have a little moral victory as we go to question two okay jeff garland hot out of the gates at one out of one here you go jeff your question your category for question number two pro wrestling Okay, pro wrestling. Jeff Garland, what wrestling superstar, a four-time champion, declined to perform on Yom Kippur? Goldberg. Bill Goldberg? That's the only thing I can guess, but I don't even know if he's Jewish. He says Bill Goldberg. I remember the, the heyday of Goldberg. Who's next? Could Jeff Garland possibly have a two out of two with Goldberg? Jeff! Wow. <laughs> And you know what's funny, Bill? Yes. I, I know Bill. He's done. He's worked on the Goldbergs. Yeah, he's a he's the best guy. Best guy. I, I love Bill. He's great. And but I can tell you that um, I wrestled on Mad About You. Um, what the heck? What was the guy with the cowboy hat and the sunglasses? The honky tonk man? No, no, way more famous. Um, he used to do the commercials for the Chews. Oh, Ra- Macho Man. Macho Man Randy Savage. I wrestled Randy Savage. You did? On, uh, uh, yes. Well, acting on uh, Mad About You. I was this gorilla character who, I mean, I was a character on, on Mad About You, and my character decided to be a pro wrestler, and I wrestled the Macho Man. I've wrestled the Macho Man. That's okay. all I'm saying. This is why you're the best, Jeff. Never and mind you know whatever I have me? planned to ask you. You know, yes. you, you know who also saved me? It's in my stand-up special on Netflix. Um I was once being chased by a guy in a nightclub at four in the morning. Yeah. King, King Kong Bundy saved me. 
I swear to God, these are both true. I have, so those are my professional wrestling, like exciting things. All right. See, a lot of times with contestants, you have to pull the anecdotes out. With you, Jeff, the fish no, are they're... jumping into the boat. Let's but just go one at a time. I'm here. I'm built for this, <laughs> and I dig you. That combo right. platter is beautiful. Thank you. Why was someone chasing you in the nightclub, and what did King Kong Bundy do? Well, by the way, they were chasing me. I, I mean, the story's in my special. Please watch it. Sure. You have to, on Netflix, they give you a week of promotion and that's it. That's it. You're out. So um, I was on stage. I, I, can't, I can't tell the whole story, but basically I, this is no exaggeration. And no, I don't know why to this day, a guy was screaming, I'm going to kill you, ran towards the stage. I heard him first. I turned. He's coming at me with a giant rubber penis the size of a baseball bat, sure. swinging it like Thor. <laughs> Remember, it's, it's filled with drunks at four in the morning on a, on a late Saturday. No, a Sunday night, not even a Saturday night. And so as I'm running around the bar, this big bald man grabbed the guy and threw him in the street. And he said, are you okay? My name's Chris, yeah. but you may know me as King Kong Bundy. That's oh my it. God. He, he grabbed he, the giant rubber penis man and threw him in the street? Threw him in the street, threw him out of the club, and then walked me to my car when my show was over. What a, a gentleman, a badass yeah. and yeah. a gentleman. Yes, the okay, best. Okay, so then you worked with the macho man, the, the may he rest in peace, Randy Papo, yeah. legend. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? What was he like to work with? A, a delightful guy who talked like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to get him. Um, he was just also, you know, what's key about these people, all hmm. the great people you meet. Yeah. I always say this to my children and this is about athletes that I meet and people in my business and the wrestlers take what you do seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Why do you laugh at that? Every time I'm looking at my girlfriend who just burst out laughing, like I'm full of shit. You're funny. Yeah. But, but the point being is that, um, I uh, uh, um, I feel like Randy Savage, for example, just lovely and accessible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what the hell, you That's know, he doesn't take himself seriously, but he worked really hard when we did the show. See, I didn't know you had these anecdotes. The point of asking you about Bill Goldberg was to ask you about the Goldbergs Wednesdays on ABC. What Jeff, on ABC? here's my take. I've seen all of Cobra Kai. I've seen all of Stranger Things. Nobody nails the 80s nostalgia and comedy as well as the Goldbergs do. I really mean that. It takes me right back. Why do you love working on the show so much? You're assuming I love working on the show so much. <laughs> Jeff, do you love working on this show? I love everyone I work with. <laughs> Leave it that way. Okay. That's good. All right. Yeah. So, No, no. Here's the thing. My sensibility is more curb your enthusiasm, South Park. I get why people dig the Goldbergs, but not very often does it cross into my sensibility. That being said, people love the show and I'm very proud to be on it. And I love the people I work with. Mm -hmm. so I like watching go. the show too. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of people. It's, it's very comforting. Yes. No, yeah. it's, it hit the right time. Yeah. I, not almost as comforting as, as a, a, the giant rubber penis story getting <laughs> saved by the legend. I mean, Jeff, that's a great story. Holy I've shit. Got, I wish there was I, video. Well, I got a million of them. I know you do. Way. And we're going to get to them. You are two out of two 
Question number three. Jeff, this category is name the movie. I'm going to play you a clip from a popular motion picture. All you have to do is say the name of the movie, and you get a blistering three out of three. Are you ready? Yes. Listen closely, Jeff, and name this movie. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's a knife. Well, by the way, uh, Crocodile Dundee. That's right. He's three out of three. That's a knife. That's what you're yeah. saying to Aaron Rodgers well, by the right way, now. When it started out with give me the wallet yeah. and the lady being a little confused, I was like, oh, I don't know this. What is this? And then once you hear the dude, you're like, oh, it's Crocodile Dundee. Paul Hogan, the, the yeah. immortal Subaru Outback driver. You're three yeah. for three, Jeff. Yes, um, yes. The reason I'm playing you Crocodile Dundee, I needed some connective tissue to this. Susie Essman is in Crocodile Dundee 2. You're, you're, she, oh, you're, that's right. She yes. is. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee 2 used um, a handful of New York comedians. Yes. Uh, Colin Quinn is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other people. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, some great actors in that movie, as well as Susie, of course. That brings us to Curb. What is the current state of Curb? You guys are in production. You're shooting out. Tell us. I'm filming right now. We're, we have three more weeks left. And we'll have a season that'll probably come out, I'm guessing, in the fall. So you've been shooting L.A., New York, both? All L.A., all L.A. How many weeks have you shot? We've shot seven out of ten episodes. How's it going? Or seven and a half. Pretty gosh darn great. Pretty great. (laughs) I think it's – I'm really – I I love it. Last year was my favorite season, Mm -hmm. last season. With Mocha Joe and Larry Lee. But this is pretty gosh darn great. I'm pretty happy with it. I laugh every day. Larry and I laugh as we work every day. But if you throw in how funny the show is and things that are happening, Mm -hmm. it's killing me. And no, I can't tell you any specifics about the season. Out of respect to my mentor, my boss, one of my best friends, Larry David, I have to respect him. All right. Not that well, I would. If it was my show, I wouldn't tell you. Well, I'm going to fish anyway. You're going to right. respect me too, Jeff. So here's what I want to know. Yes. When this whole thing came out, when the pandemic started and everyone's yeah. at home and there's quarantine and the social distancing and masks, I remember thinking like, we need Larry and Jeff. I need to know what their takes are on, on staying away from people, on the vaccine, on everything. Well, by the way, I want to say yes. that except for – the first episode, we don't do any COVID stuff. Really? The first episode, it touches on, there's a couple of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we do not, it's a, co- it's a post-COVID world in Curb, which, you know, I spoke of how much I love South Park. Yeah. South Park had a, the first COVID issue they did. So well written, so well done. I didn't laugh once. People don't want to watch, mm. you know, they don't want to watch COVID stories. We've got our own COVID stories. Get them away from me. See, because I know you're a producer on the show, too. Is there yeah. a meeting at some point where you're, where you're sitting in a room and you're like, guys, what should we do with COVID? Or maybe should no, we do nothing? No, it doesn't work that way. Everything is based on uh, Larry's, what Larry wants to write. And then he mm. writes it. And I respect, I would have, yes, 
probably disagreed with him if he had a lot of COVID stuff, I would say. And uh, we have so much respect. He would have, I'm not going to say listened, but he would have taken that seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, the way the show works creatively, usually, except this year, I'm not that involved in the casting process. Usually when someone comes into audition, I'm the first space they see. Um, and that, but this, you know, this year, like every year, we shoot a scene and then um, Jeff Schaefer, myself and Larry discuss it. Um, and that's how it goes every time. Yeah. You mentioned that last season was your favorite season. Looking all the way back, Jeff, do you have an all-time favorite storyline in Curb? No. Yes, the Mocha Joe one. The really? Well, when he first told me it, my reaction was everybody has that feeling when they're screwed over by their mom and pop store. And it's like, and then you get this feeling with Amazon too. Don't get sure. me wrong. But it's like, if I could only fuck you, if I could only screw you over. Right. And then to see an empty space next door and have the money and the wherewithal to do that, forget about it. I mean, that's my favorite storyline by a country mile. My favorite episode yeah. is called Wandering Bear. Okay. It's where Larry and I are watching Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> My dog gets run over. And Sherry's gardener, who's Wandering Bear, is trying to help heal her vagina. <laughs> now, why that of all things? <laughs> well, she has trouble, and he has a, a way to fix it. He's not successful in the end, but nonetheless. You talk about it, you and Larry laugh all day. Is that one of those times you guys are just sitting there with the bear and just laughing your asses off on set? No, 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 no. We laugh every day and we don't laugh. We sometimes laugh about, all right, I'll give you an example yeah. of last season, he and I laughing. It's where there was the ugly section in the restaurant. Amazing storyline. Okay. Amazing. So we're finally at the last episode sitting in or second to last episode or the end of that episode, sitting in the good-looking section. And he's still denying it, you know, uh, 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 um, what, what's his name who played the, the maitre d'. Um, oh, I'll think of it in a second. Anyhow, um, so when he comes, when a guy has a heart attack and the maitre d' comes running out going, there's, please, someone help. Is there a doctor in the house? There's someone having a heart attack in the ugly section. So he says it. And Larry and I weren't prepared to have him hear it, to hear it. Like we knew it was coming, but him actually saying it, Larry and I were laughing till we were crying, laughing till we were crying. And that was Nick Kroll, I think, is the major Nick team, Kroll. wasn't it? Yes. Nick Kroll. Yes. Oh, so good. And yeah. then Cheryl's in the attractive section. So yeah. good. And yeah. taps into something we're going to talk about yeah, later. Yeah, Nick Kroll was just so great in Perfect. that role. Yeah. Perfectly yeah. condescending, yeah. ugly. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Question number four. You are three for three, pitching a mm -hmm. perfect game, really, at this point. Your category is nicknames, Jeff. Nicknames. What U.S. city is known as the Charm City? Baltimore. It's not only that Jeff is answering them all, he's answering them very quickly. Like this is a three strikes and you're out type deal. No balls, no foul balls. Is it Baltimore, the charm city? Yes, four out of bleeping four. How do you feel? And guess what? One of the only cities in the United States of America that I have not performed in, 
Baltimore. Why? Just haven't. They haven't done it. I'm not, I'm not avoiding it. <laughs> you just haven't been to the charm here, city. Here, here's how long I thought about uh that, that think about it. I'm a big Colts fan. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. In terms of Baltimore Colts. Colts. Sure. Uh yeah, no, no, no. I um and actually one of my best friends is from Baltimore. I'll play there at some point. Well, I ask because we're talking about nicknames of cities, and you, of course, and I are from a city known as Second City, Chicago, Illinois. Yes, the Second City and the Windy City. That's right. But Jeff, if I were to go back to way back in the 80s, and you are at Second City working the box office with Stephen yes. Colbert, Stephen what would Colbert. I have seen from you two young crazy kids? Well, first off, I didn't know he was funny because he looks very studious. You know, and so he appeared in the box office, but we didn't, we would like, he would, I would look over it. I entertained myself in the box office in terms of the phone rang off the hook. Yes. So I would answer the phone. And if somebody was an asshole, I would tell them if they really, if there were tickets, I wasn't going to turn them away if there were tickets available to a show. But I would tell them, I swear, this is 100% true, not exaggerated. I would tell them, oh, by the way, not only do we have tickets for that night, and this is if somebody's really rude to me, not only do we have tickets for me that night, but it's the puppet section. They're like <laughs> the puppet section. I said, yeah, during the show, marionettes, puppets, they all pop up around you. Everybody wants to be in the puppet section. So I would put P.S., Next to their name because a oh, GT G meet GT meant a good seat, like good ticket on the sure. rail. Okay. But and then everything else just meant well, it was all good seats, by the way, in the place. But certain ones were like on the rail. It was like good. Yeah. But I would put PS, the night manager knew what it meant. And I would I had the book, so I knew when they were coming in, and I'd sit on the side of the stage. You know, I'd sit like on, there's a bench there and I'd look at the people and they were looking up all around them, the whole show <laughs> up to the sides. They're like, oh, when do the puppets come out? And then they never come out, of course. But it was my revenge and I loved it. That little P.S. Don't you piss me off on the phone or I'm going to put you in. The, you were basically the master of puppets and the yeah, pu- pu- puppet section. Yes, 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 yes. So. Jeff, when you're doing that and you're you're getting your jollies and your revenge, and that's great, but you're still you're tearing tickets, you're you're working your way up. Yeah. Was it the dream? What was the dream? Because I look at you now, huge iconic show on HBO, huge show on ABC, comedy specials, all this. You're you're killing it. What yeah. was the dream back then for a young Jeff Garland? My dream has always been uh uh to be um well, it's it's a double, it's double. Uh on one what I, my goal was to be respected by my peers. I swear to God, at 20 years old, when I started, I just thought I want my other comedians to think I'm funny. Okay. And then the other one is that I'm not, I thought I'd be as big as Eddie Murphy and stuff. So for me, I'm kind of a failure. Like okay. I haven't hit the heights that I still can. I mean, Rodney did it later in his life. I don't know. Look, but I'm grateful and I love what I do. I love being a comedian. It means the world to me. And to be in a show that people love like the Goldbergs or a show that, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you couldn't be more proud, but you you want to be starring in tentpole movies. Jeff Garland over the title. Is that still true? Yeah, but that being said, what they do with movies now, I, I mean, what am I going to do, star in a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of movies. I'm going to keep doing indie movies that I act in. Um, I'm about to direct my first pretty big budget movie. Um, and um, that's exciting. Yeah. Tell me, what's the movie? Tell us about it. Nope. No? When I've shot it, I'll be happy to talk about it. When it <laughs> in has the meantime, a Jeff, date. you yeah. got to put uh, you got to put the, the the puppet section in something you do a movie, an episode, well, of or something. yes, 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 uh, uh, or something with a similar thing. But I did it probably a half a dozen times, and it never wasn't hilarious. <laughs> hilarious, because I can see Cheryl being very enchanted that she is going to be sat in the in the puppet section or something yes, of the play yes, and then be yeah. so disappointed in the end of it. It would be a great storyline. Yeah. Do that. Or George the Animal Steel. Question yeah. number five. Yes, Your sir. category is anatomy, Jeff. You're pitching a perfect game. This yeah. is my... I've looked forward to this question more than any maybe we've done in show history. Follow this. During a 2019 live appearance on NFL Network, you, Jeff Garland, mentioned what body part of Ted Danson's. Oh, geez. You're live on the NFL's network. Live. What body part of Ted Danson's did you mention? Well, I can only guess his wiener. He says his wiener. Is that your official guess? Well, by the way, clearly by saying that, I've gotten it wrong. So let me think for a second longer. I didn't say right or wrong. I just want to clarify Oh, yeah, right. I don't remember. I, I need to know the context of what I was talking about that I could tell you. This is so random. I don't remember my interviews. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, not like I keep track of that. We are at, we are at, in uh, in Grant Park. We are right by Buckingham it's before, Park. It's before the opening game. Before Bears Packers, season opening. Yep, yep, I remember We start talking here. Curb. Yes. Nate Burleson asks you about some of your favorite co-stars. Ted Danson yeah. comes up. Which yeah. body part of Ted Danson's do you mention? I'm going to need an answer. I'll go with Wiener. He's going to go with Wiener, and here's the best part, Jeff. We have the clip. Play the clip of Mr. Garland on the NFL-run network live television. Ted Danson's my hero. I want to be like Ted Danson. Beautiful hair on that man. Beautiful everything. <laughs> beautiful everything. I've never seen his penis, but i got to tell you, <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. That's a great I, moment. I don't, I don't doubt it at all. Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> so, by the way, Ted Danson is the favorite actor I've ever... He's my favorite uh, that I've ever worked with. He's one of my heroes. I love him so much. He's on Curb this year, I can tell you that. And I love the guy. And I bet you he does have a perfect penis. I, I don't doubt it for a second. I'm sure, yeah, and you've still you never to, seen it. No, no, yeah, we, we, we've never had a, 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 a. I've not gone to a health club with him yet. All right, but let we're burying the lead here. With, with all due respect to Mr. Dance's anatomy, Jeff, you worked with a lot of people for a lot of years. Why yeah. is why is he your hero? Well, by the way, Jeff Bridges is also one of my heroes. Michael Keaton. Albert Brooks, mm-hmm. but my favorite actors of all time are Michael Keaton, Jeff Bridges, um, and Ted Danson. Those are my, I, I can say all time, modern day, okay. like since I've been in show business. I love all three of them. 
Yeah. I've cherry picked some of your people, some people that you've done projects with, and I just want to run through them. Tell me what you remember, your impressions of them. Um, You mentioned this guy already in the movie Daddy Daycare, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was warm, generous, and we laughed all day. I laughed with him. And I can say unequivocally, the single funniest person I ever worked with. The funniest guy ever. No, his. All right. So when you're doing a movie. Yeah. And. Something happens on the set. Okay. And you're a comedian in the movie or the funny guy. You might just say it to make the crew laugh. That makes the day go by faster. Something would happen. This is something would happen. I think I'm pretty quick. I would think of what I was going to say, which I felt was funny every time. There wasn't one time that Eddie didn't say something on the same topic faster and funnier. What he said was always funnier than my choice, so I didn't throw it out there. I got no ego in the game. I was in awe of how fast and funny he is. He's he's the funniest person I ever worked with. Didn't know it until I worked with him. I mean, I knew he was funny and special, yeah. but he's the fastest. And I've worked with some fast fuckers. Just raw, raw yeah. talent. I'll give you yeah. another one. I'll give you another one of those fast fuckers. This is maybe be in the same arena of talent. Fun with Dick and Jane, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yes. Jim Carrey, um, no, different. Jim is funny. Jim is funny in terms of, not that he's not a witty guy, but Jim is funny in terms of my friend Lou Schneider, who's a director on the Goldbergs, and we've been doing stand-up our whole lives. Jim Carrey's one of those guys that when you see him do stand-up or you see him act in a certain movie, you just go, oh, I can't do that. I cannot do that. That is so different and original and funny. No, he's very special. Yeah. And a nice fella. It seems like one of those things, like when I watch LeBron James do something, I know I can't do that. And Jim Carrey is the same type of unreachable. There's no way in a million years I could ever approach that. And you experienced that on set too. Yeah, but I I could in a million years. If you're giving me a million years. A million years, you think you could pull off Ace Ventura? I could could pull off Ace Ventura. As good as him in a million years, you give me a hundred thousand years, ain't gonna happen. But a million, you can talking yes. out of your ass Done. with Courtney Cox Done. and Tom Logue. Done. Done. All right. How about this one? Smooth. You yeah. had a very small role in Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me. What about Mike yes. Myers? Mike Myers is a wonderful comedic actor. Uh, I've always had a great relationship with him. Um, he is also unique and funny and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right, Jeff, do you know how to do, um, I'm going to clean it up a little bit. Do you know how to do marry F kill? Yes. All right. Yes. I- I'm going to give you one is you have to marry one. You have to make love to one and you have to kill one. Okay. Mary F kill. John Stewart, Conan O'Brien, Larry David, Mary F kill. I would marry John Stewart. Why? He's the he's the most adorable of the three. Is he? <laughs> and I love him. And having spent so much personal time with all three people, yeah. I know. Okay, so Mary. Okay. Not gonna fuck either one of them. You have left. to. You no, have to. That's the telling. rules of the game. No. But then I then I cheat. 
you are you not attracted enough to Conan and Larry that you would not have sex with them? I would not have sex. I would not even lay naked in the bed, not touching them for a good amount of money. So then there's that. And then also, why would I want to kill Larry or Conan? That'd be horrible. You do understand the, the game. But I'm marrying John Stewart. <laughs> so I think I gave you something. I, I And by the way, it's not that for ladies, ladies love Larry and Conan. So I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, besmirch them in terms of making love to them. But Larry would be very happy with my answer. Let's put I think it so, way. too. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, there's, I By say the this, way, when you do these questions, yeah. you got to have somebody that you'd want to kill and that you'd want to fuck. What the hell's wrong with you? Disagree. That's the rule of the game. No. Disagree. Right. It's putting do you, you want, in an uncomfortable situation. It's forcing okay. you. Do you want to fuck the movie Pirates of the Caribbean? Okay. Do you want to kill? Uh, <laughs> no, it's just stupid. There is a buzz in the 10 Questions Clubhouse. Everyone's okay. texting and tweeting that Jeff Garland is five out of five. And we've yes. never had a 10. We've never. You're halfway home. Yeah, As we go I'm to not, question six. I'm not thinking. This is the one I fuck up. Just go. stay focused. This is Jeff okay. Garland, star of the Goldbergs, Wednesday on ABC. Question yeah. number six, your category, Jeff, uh, who will not uh, either kill or make love to Larry David, is condiments. Condiments. Okay, yes. Okay, Jeff, on a bottle of Heinz ketchup, what does the 57 mean? Uh, 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 is it 57? Oh, Jesus. Hold, can I go look? <laughs> no, you can't. You're five out of five. You got to earn. But you do have the lifeline. If you think a millennial might know this better than you. But a I'm millennial not sure. would not know that better. No, it's old fashioned. A millennial doesn't even know what Heinz ketchup is. <laughs> it has to they be organic. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, I don't know why. I'll say 57, not 57 tomatoes, 57 flavors. 57 flavors. This is really tough. And, and the legal department of 10 questions is going to have to weigh in on this. Um, here's the deal. I know it's not 57 vegetables. And I know that it's not 57 tomatoes. Because it says that no matter what the bottle size is. So... The answer is the 57 stands for 57 varieties. Oh, of, of, of tomatoes, yeah. They well, actually, you know it's, it's actually not even of tomatoes. Heinz originally started as a pickle company. It's 57 right. varieties of pickles. So, Jeff, I don't think you got it right. I'm going to no, give you a no. You did not. Woo. All right. We broke up the no-no. Are you disappointed? Yes, I am. All right. Well, I, I thought taking, you might have had 10 I'm too. not taking myself seriously, but I'm taking this game seriously. Well, Very seriously. Here's why I'm asking you about ketchup. Because you know that this there's this site, this aggregator called Rotten Tomatoes, which judges yes. and everything. Jeff, I did a little thing here. I looked up Curb Your Enthusiasm on Rotten Tomatoes and say what kind of grade it got. And it's really good. It's like above 90%. Like everybody loves Curb. Right. And then I thought, there's like 8% of critics who didn't have nice things to say about Curb. So yes. what I want to do is I want to read some negative Curb reviews, okay. and I want to hear your thoughts on them. Okay. I last did this with uh, Tim Robbins. I read him negative reviews of the Shawshank Redemption, and it was lots of fun. So here we go. Negative well, that's, that's, that's Curb that's reviews. High stuff. It is, but people Tim love Robbins, Curb. But, but I'm saying Shawshank Redemption, that's a beloved movie. Go ahead. And there's still people who didn't like it, and we found them. 
So with Jeff Garland, a.k.a. Jeff Green, negative curb reviews. Here comes number one. Well, hold on a second. Can I say something in yes. terms of? Yes. When it's something like Shawshank Redemption, I am confused that someone doesn't like it. Um, comedy is very personal. So yeah. I get somebody not getting it. Their sense of humor is not there. And I get somebody not finding it funny. But go ahead. Well, let's find out. Okay. Negative curb reviews with Jeff yes. Garland. Number yeah. one. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. All right. This is from Camila Long of the Times UK. She wrote, I have never got the appeal of this show. It feels like a formulaic 1990s comedy in which the only joke is Larry's anger or whatever complex acidic emotion it is that drives him to abuse everyone he's talking to. What do you think, Jeff? I would not like to read her other reviews. No, I'm being serious because that's just way too wordy. Wait, it's not well written. How's that for my critique? Nice. It's not, it's not well written. It's just she's using the vocabulary she's been taught. I don't get. First off, he's not mean. I mean, look, what am I going to defend it against sure. bad writing? No, keep going. I like this. Okay. Negative review number two. Yes. This is from Joanna Schneller of the Toronto Star. Okay. Blasting away at political correctness isn't so funny anymore because people are educating themselves about the harm that ingrained biases do. Okay. All right. Stop the music. Stop the music. It's the problem we have with political correctness and cancel culture. What it is, is I'm sorry. Everything is funny when it's funny. Sometimes people go on their Facebook pages and they write something and they go, I'm so funny. No, you're not. And your boss can fire you for being that ignorant. We're not ignorant. We're not even saying we we wish things would go back to the old ways. But sometimes people, clearly this person, takes themselves seriously with their job. That's what I would say about this reviewer. Jeff, as, as a longtime cast member, producer, have you had moments where you're like, Wow, this could be a really funny bitter storyline, but I think it might be offensive. Let's not do it. Not once, ever. Not once. No, because Larry David is funny, you know, um, and he's truly a, a brilliant uh, showrunner, writer, um, br- brilliant mind. And so, no, things have to be pointed out. And we've had every type of person on our show from someone who's really in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. to someone who's really transitioning to someone, but the political correctness of everything is insane. Mm -hmm. See, I'm all about personally civil rights for everyone, civil rights. You're entitled to that. You're not entitled to not be now, by the way, bullying, that's bad. I am not talking about bullying. But I'm sorry, everything should be invited into the world of comedy. It has to. And sometimes people push things too far. That's all. Do you guys as a show, like, look for ways to push that? No. No. It's why this, and by the way, I use this. I am a, I'm a, um, I would like to be an idealist. I'm a liberal, but I love the Lincoln Project. I love, um, I grew up with other points of view. And by the yeah. way, a lot of 
right-wing points of view I agree with, but the extremism and the partisanship mm-hmm. makes me completely angry. So wait, what was the question? Because it ties into this. Did you ever look for ways to go and push oh, yeah. that envelope? So we're on stage doing a panel, yeah. and the host of the panel um, goes into right away, uh, thank God you attacked Trump. Thank God, you know, it's like, hold on. That's not our purpose. Uh-huh. Our purpose is to make people laugh. And Larry wearing the hat and seeing people turned off was hilarious. Me dressing, I mean, looking like, although I don't look like him and I want to be clear, that asshole Harvey Weinstein, that's funny. Sure. Does Larry sit down and look for that? So the guy said, congratulations on getting Trump. And Larry's like, that's not why I did it. I did it because it was funny. Funny is all that matters when you're doing comedy. I don't have an agenda. I don't have a political agenda. I don't have a personal agenda. My only agenda is to respect the audience and be funny. And our audience is made up of people with lots of different viewpoints, Mm -hmm. lots of different skin colors, lots of everything. All welcome. And I am a firm believer in civil rights. Do you ever catch, Jeff, because there's there's a retroactive thing that goes on, too. Do you ever catch a clip from season two or season three and be like, "Ah, that doesn't age well? No. No? No. Because our our goal, by the way, you know which ones don't age well? The ones when you're going for a political point of view. The ones when you're going to make a social statement. No, it's called Larry David sits at his desk when he writes or when he's walking and he thinks of something. It's all based on funny. That's why I'm on the show. Because the show is funny, and I'm proud of it. It is funny as hell, Jeff. And thank you for coming on and being so passionate about it. I got you worked up. You're fired up, aren't you? You get get intense about that. that stuff, people ask me, am I going to have to change my comedy? No. Yeah. I know as a man, I will go on stage when I do stand-up and say something stupid. I'm a man. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm not going to say something ignorant. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything ignorant. No, Sir Rebop. So I'm, and this will not come back to haunt me. I've said this for years. I don't, there's no ignorant thoughts in my mind. There are inappropriate thoughts, i.e. that only another comedian would laugh at, but there are no ignorant thoughts, but I'm a man, so I'm stupid. Question seven, Jeff. Four yes, questions sir. left. Let's go finish with a flourish. This is always my favorite category. This category is called Finish the Lyric. Jeff, I'm going to play you a piece of popular music. You're going to hear the vocalist doing his or her thing. It's going to stop on a dime. And you, my friend, need to pick up the lyrics from where they leave off. Are you okay. ready? No, uh, yes, as I'll ever be. The odds are... Uh, I won't get this, especially if it's current popular music. I think it's going to be Wheelhouse. You're five out of six. You've already passed numerous contestants. We're not even done. But this is the category people are measured by. Jeff Garland, finish this lyric. Missing you, I have a hard time missing. And by the way, ironically, and I'm not making this up, I got an email yesterday from Kevin Cronin. Yeah. 
It's your buddy. Yeah. I know your buddies. Why well, do we're not buddies. We're acquaintances. But he wrote me a nice thing. Um, but I know I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to love you forever. And it's all that I want to do. Keep on loving you. What is it? Keep on loving you. He says, keep on loving you. Can we hear it, please? Ding, ding. We'll give it to him. I get, I, he's on that. I started singing. It's the only thing I want to do. But but yeah, thank God, by the way. I mean, not that Kevin would be mad at me, but that would be one that I should get. And, and I you did. did get it. I'm giving yeah. you the point. That is the right thank answer. You. And I played that song, of course, because you have some sort of kinship with Kevin Cronin, the lead singer of REO Speedwagon, in which well, you guys go to Cubs games together, right? No, we have never gone to a Cubs what? game together. No. Hold on. The uh, research says you go to Cubs games with Kevin Cronin. That's not true. I've never. I go with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I've gone with Tom Morello. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, All right, we would have played a killing in the name of then or something. Wow. No, 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 no. That Here's the thing with Kevin Cronin. I first met Kevin Cronin when probably before I started comedy. I started comedy at 20. I was a security guard at the Hollywood Sportatorium in Florida and the Miami Baseball Stadium and the Orange Bowl. They'd have shows. And one of the shows, it was like a bunch of big acts. And I sat with Kevin Cronin and just had a nice conversation with him, the security guard. Uh, Years later, I'm in an airport and he recognizes me, and I tell him, and he remembered, he wasn't bullshitting, the, us having a conversation, because he was a Curb fan, and then we've used his music numerous times on the Goldbergs. So he reached out to me, and then I wrote him back, and I took, I, I'm unorganized, but I just got my letter from him back, a lovely note. Oh, that's he awesome. Said, He's got an autobiography coming out, and he wanted to ask me about that stuff. Okay. I mean, I, you went, you go to this incredible with these other celebrities and public figures of the game, but not him. Not other the record other show. people. I mean, I've gone with a lot of, you know, I sat with once at a Cubs game, the World Series, one of my greatest thrills in my life. Which one? Andre, Andre Dawson. The Hawk. I sat with the Hawk at the World <laughs> Series. You that's did? all I'm saying. Yep. Oh, that's yep. badass. I thought that's you were going to say so- Eddie Vedder. No, actually, I've never met any better. I know he's a Cubs fan. I do think if there was a Cub quiz, I would destroy him. The Hawk, right field, number eight, yeah. absolute legend. The best. So when you and when you and Conan O'Brien Marlins were roommates in Wrigleyville. Red Sox, what's yes, that? yes. Yeah. So yeah. you and Conan were living in the 80s together, your roommates in Wrigleyville. Were you guys just all about like Harry Carey and Sutcliffe and Don Zimmer? Was it that era? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was about it. Conan could give a shit. He's a Red Sox Conan's fan. Conan's, if anything, he's a Red Sox fan. But my window in our apartment looked down the first, ba- oh no, my porch. Yeah. I could look down the third base line all the way to home plate. And it was the first year of lights. The lights would keep me sure. up a light. They'd light up my whole bedroom. Oh, um, so yeah, cool. but that's that was that was not Sutcliffe. That was post-Sutcliffe. That okay. was Maddox and... Um, and uh, um, Sandberg and Sandberg and Dawson. Yes. Yeah. And then they got rid of Yeah. Jeff, how did the 2016 winning the whole world series, how did it change everything as a Cub fan? Well, the only thing that it changed, I mean, it didn't change anything for me except to bring me pure unadulterated joy. And the only sadness I had was my dad 
had died, uh, uh, I think, a year or two before. And so my dad didn't get to see it. My dad was born in 39. He saw the Cubs get to the World Series versus the Tigers, but he never saw them win. Almost, which I enjoyed sharing with him. So that was a bit, it was a mixture of heartbreak and complete joy. But here's where it's changed. The expectations of Cub fans are so, (laughs) not all, and by the way, I would say it's most of the uh, uh, wagon jumpers. Yeah. what they do is now they expect the Cubs to be great every year. Yeah. And to me, like the next year, we made it to the NL championship first, the uh, Dodgers, I believe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, we lost. Yes. And we just made it to the NL championship. Pretty is awesome. anyone keeping track of this? Yeah. People were mad. I know. I remember. I mean, you're disappointed as a fan always whenever your team loses. But the expectations are so out of whack. I know. For for the Cubs, uh, I, you know, but I'm feeling. By the way, I think they have still have a good team, and I'm still very excited. They do. I'm excited too. And Jeff, yeah. I'm excited about your score. You're six out of seven. You've already passed Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousin, uh, Pat McAfee, media maven in sports, Bill Simmons, who runs the. You passed all these people oh, already. Bill Simmons, you already passed impressive. him. Yeah, That's Simmons impressive. laid an egg. I think he got a four or something. Hey, we're going to question oh. eight. We only have three questions left. You can get a possible okay. nine. Jeff, your question number eight, your category is fitness. What is America's fittest state? Is it A, Minnesota, B, Vermont, or C, Colorado? I would say C, Colorado. We may have history today because C, Colorado is the right answer. It's simple. It was that easy for Jeff. Uh, A lot of biking, a lot of hiking. Jeff, I'm bringing this up because you have written and talked for years about your own struggle with weights, about your health concerns, things like that. What do you think people still are misinterpreting or don't understand about obesity in this country? Okay. Look, there are some people that there's two thoughts and one has been in the news lately. And that is some people who are heavy are actually in beautiful shape. They have great muscle tone. They're just bigger, men and women. And people got to get off that. It's not about your weight. It's about what are you doing with your weight? The people that are real skinny or just fat, that's a problem. Now, of those people, I don't know what the percentage is where there's a a biological problem. I can tell you, I lost, I've lost almost 100 pounds. Congrats. And it's been, you know, a bit of this, you know, but consistent even a low amount. And you know how I did it? By feeling my feelings. I sit in a chair and I feel horrible feelings. Mm-hmm. Quite often that I just like, oh, I hate this feeling, but I'm not going to have a cupcake mm-hmm. to make the feeling better. That's it. It's the dieting is nonsense. Eating the right foods, great. And I am currently actually eating less of my portions. When I say currently, starting today, my son Duke's birthday. I didn't plan it that way. I had an appointment with my diabetes doctor this morning, and that led me down that path. I'm simplifying, you know, but I have lost weight by simply not eating out of boredom or emotion. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I've failed. I mean, I haven't failed. It's, It's just a journey, you know? And so the idea that 
someone doesn't have willpower, the idea that there's something wrong with them, that's just, that's wrong. But if you write something funny, I'm happy to have you joke about it if you're funny. <laughs> you can say anything you want about obesity, yeah. fat people, elephantitis. I don't give a shit as long as it's funny. Most Americans don't realize they're not funny. <laughs> Leave it to the pros. Don't put it up on your Instagram. You and blackface is not a funny memory. You're fired. You just got fired because you thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. That's all. I get crazy about it. The point is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of this has made everybody think that they're a star. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm humble when it comes to flying airplanes. By the way, I'm humble with actually being a comedian. I'm supremely confident, but I'm a big bowl of humble. I'm lucky to be where I am and I what I'm doing. My my talent doesn't guarantee me shit. So I'm humble. I appreciate it. But it's all confidence. Well, nothing to be humble about here. Seven out of eight. We got to wrap up with two more questions. We'll be done. You've already passed Aaron Rodgers. You've passed Scott oh, Stapp so, so from Creed. You, I'm seven and one? You're, yeah, seven and one. It's really good. Oh, that's all right. great. Jeff, I don't know if everybody wow, knows this about you. me. I know. No, hey, no, just hold wait. on. Let me enjoy Take it. Take a moment. Take that's a moment. That's great. Wow. Yeah, daddy. Oh, let's go. <laughs> all right. Question number nine, science fiction. Okay. Jeff, you are in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I, it's, I don't am. think that's very well known. Um, well, I'm on screen for maybe a tenth of a second. But, but you I was are in makeup it. for hours, yes. All right. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a creature, by the way. Well, that's the question. If you want to see the picture, it's up on my Instagram page. The picture. In Star Wars Episode Nine, you play Jun Gobint. That is your character's okay. name. Okay. What species is Jun Gobind? Oh, come on, man. No. You're basically saying, no, here's what you're saying to me. I'll just do this. Alien species. That's all I know. I don't know. Is it gunga <laughs> Like, what do you what do you expect me to know? I don't even know my character's name. I was scanned for a toy. Yes. But but I don't know if that'll happen. Are you telling Jeff, you had a flight? All the way to London, you had four hours in makeup. You couldn't do a little bit of background search about your character and what species they are? You don't know this stuff? I had no lines. I had no purpose there, except as JJ's friend. Uh, that's there are no small there. roles, my friend. I John made Gobind. the other actors laugh. I did a lot of bits that day. Listen, uh, but, the, yeah. the answer is not alien. You are something called a mithral m-y-t-h-r-o-l it's an amphibious species okay. let me also say that that's the first time that i'm hearing that information oh is so. that true well like chewbacca yeah. was a wookie you were a yeah. mithral that was you're in the star wars canon the, the fans know you they know your character a mithral that's it i'm honored why are you in star wars for half a second in an alien costume okay. why did you do that okay well, you'd have to, by the way, I didn't, I anticipated maybe a couple seconds. Or a That's line. I was hopeful. I was hopeful. For, no, I knew there was going to be no line. I thought maybe three seconds. I thought at worst one second. When I say it's less than a second, I'm not exaggerating. My boys were with me at the premiere. <laughs> I knew when it was coming and they didn't see it. I said, look, and they didn't even see it. It's that quick. I have not talked to JJ in a while. You'd have to ask JJ. Um, my... Former assistant went to work for JJ. Okay. And over the years, she has become a big producer. She produced the movie 
and JJ directed wow. it. So I went to go spend time with my friends in London. Great fun. And I have some other friends there. And that's why I did it. And I was in the makeup chair all day with an Academy Award winning makeup artist. Okay. It was very, who's beautiful, by the way. It was very fun. I had a, I had a ball, a yeah. ball. You did? But, yeah. Well, but, are you like a big Star Wars fan? Did you grow up as a fanboy nope, like I did? I'm no? more of a Star Trek guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I'm, uh, by the way, I enjoy all the movies. But am I a fanatic? No, I'm not. Um, my favorite one is probably Empire Strikes Back. Sure. So if someone want, listens to this, Jeff, and they want to see your half second on screen, I've can seen you direct them, them to where it is? Where yes. in the movie are you? It's where, it's towards the last third where we're on the planet where the thing is parked and they say they're going to go after uh, one of the characters. Kylo Ren or some of the emperors. No, no, no. The, the young lady. Oh, yeah. They're going Ray. to rescue. They're going to rescue. It's it's John um, uh, Bodega. Yeah, Bo- yeah, yeah, sure. Boyega. Yeah. Not a bodega. Boyega. That's that's a place to sell yeah. cigarettes in New York. In New York, yeah. <laughs> John Boyega and um, what's the other gentleman's name? Who I, I love. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. So, by the way, I... I know them from before. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I had just so much fun. First off, when I walked down the set and I'm this full on green alien. Yeah, you're a mithril. Um, yeah. What am I again? A mithril. I'm yellow and blue, actually. Okay. Anyhow, um, they both were like, we know him. Who is that? We know him. And I kept my mouth shut because I knew all I have to do is talk. And I said, hey, fellas. And they both went, it's Garland. Oh they laughed. Gosh. They but, knew? Yeah. And then I did a fake scene about making pancakes and building a puppet theater. But the truth is, which they sent to the head of the studio yeah. and said, this is what we're shooting. But that being said, uh, I didn't expect anything except joy. And I got it. Like being Incredible. here. Incredible. All right. Last question. Yeah. Jeff, okay, you're yes. at seven out of nine. You can finish with a really strong eight, which would tie Pat Oswalt. The last question is always an essay, okay? Question 10 is the essay, which means I'm going to give you a take that you have said before, an opinion that you've stated, and you have the floor open to defend that opinion and convince me you're right. If I'm convinced, if I'm moved, I give you the point. If not, you finish with a seven out of 10. Oh, Are you I ready? love this one. Here this we go. Is, this is the complete opposite of the last question. Yes, I this like is an this. essay. Jeff, this yeah. is where you live, okay? Okay. Question number 10, your tap, your topic, your essay topic, something you've said before. Larry David would be a terrible head coach of the New York Jets. Yeah. What do you Michael's mean? Defend the, ta- defend the take. Do I have to defend that? Don't you assume that? Maybe Let's they need the something Jets, different. Maybe the they Jets need a different hired. thinker. <laughs> well, if they need entertainment, he'd be great to watch on the sidelines. And I'd love to have him throw his shit down on the ground and stomp and argue with the refs. I think he'd do all that very well. Yes. But come on, man. I have so much respect for a head football coach. That mm-hmm. is a job that I don't even want and I mean, I love football. I love strategizing football. I would not want that job. That job is basically saying for most of my life, I am not going to be near my family. Right. I'm going to be sleeping in my office. I'm going to be organizing plays. He'd like the organizing of the plays. Mm-hmm. I know that. But all the work. And by the way, this is Larry David. I'm in awe of him every day. We do 12 hour days. And at the end of the day, I, I kind of act goofy to keep his spirit up. Yeah. But the dude does it. 
He doesn't. But in terms of as a football coach, that is just too much. He would probably quit. And I'm being honest. Go so on. let's say the Jets hire him. He would probably quit well before training camp. <laughs> he would never get and to OTAs? training camp. Never get <laughs> yeah. He would just go, oh, too much. Uh, I, need to go. I need to play golf. He loves playing golf, too. All right, that's even my bottom line. The dude loves to play golf. He plays golf every Saturday. and. He is not missing golf for the NFL. Not going to happen. I would just hope he wouldn't quit until we get just just hold on until we get to one Jets Patriots game so we but can see David versus him. Belichick. No, that would never. He would never get to training camp. It would never get that far. He would quit before then. I'm telling you because I saw him go on stage. He'd look out at the audience and just go. And not tonight. And walk <laughs> off. I saw it. Everyone's heard about it. The you comedians, the comedians that were in New York in the 80s and the late 70s saw that in action. Mm-hmm. I saw that at Catch a Rising Star in New York. It was, I mean, but I also was disappointed because I love his stand-up. But no. And if it, that's all it took for him to walk off from that. And he quit Saturday Night Live before. He, yeah. he's, he's quit. A, no, he would not even make it to training camp. There's my essay. And you got the point, Jeff. Absolutely ah, yeah. awesome. Eight yeah. out of ten. You have finished the ten questions with a great score. Jeff Garland, how do you feel about your score? Well, I, I tied Pat Oswald. That's very impressive. Yes, better than Brett Favre, better than Tim well, Robbins, assume, all kinds of people. Well, Tim. Well, Tim Robbins is impressive. Brett Favre not very impressive. <laughs> what anyone's expecting, Bill, what you call it, was was Simmons. A Simmons. Yes, that's surprising. But you know, come on. Brett all right. Favre. Well, last order of business. Everybody does it here, Jeff. Before you leave. You have to do a call out, meaning you think of somebody, a public figure that you know or have some connection with, and you look at the camera and you challenge them to come on 10 questions and try to compete with your eight out of 10. Who do you think would do well in this atmosphere? And is it the guy you said wouldn't be a good coach of the Jets? You know what? He would do this. I'm going to tell him I had fun. So thank you, Larry David. I don't challenge you. I'm a supportive friend, but I'm telling you, I had a great time doing this. So I think that after we're done with the show, it's something you could do on the Zoom in your office. And he has an assistant to show him how to set up Zoom. So he'd be good. I think he'd be good. I'm going to tell him that he should do it because I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. Larry, we'd love to have you. Jeff, this has been a treat. All of these other contestants that you outdid you put each and every one of them in the puppet section. Has anyone gotten and I couldn't a be 10? more impressed. Has no one's gotten, gotten a 10. A... We've had a Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, and Alex Smith, the other quarterback, got a 9 out of 10. But no 10s. You got an 8. I wish the Bears would sign him. I know. Alex Smith, right? Alex they Smith. Oh, my God. Because at least he's fun to root for. I know. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. It's like, all right, maybe he's not great, but he's good. And he's so fun to root for. You want the guy. One more season, Alex. Come on. That's my opinion. Jeff Garland lived up to all the hype. He started right out of the gates with Macho Man stories. He finished with incredible stories from Catch a Rising Star. Eight out of ten. You are the best, Jeff Garland. Thank you so much. Well, Kyle, it was nothing but an honor and a joy. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. 
The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.